The kingdom and culture you choose determines the choices you make. This message is the third in the series, Vision 2020. The message is entitled, See God's Kingdom. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Go ahead and take your Bibles, if you will, your teaching sheets as we continue our series that we're involved in together called Vision 2020. I just encourage you, by the way, we're very close to the end of our 20 days of fasting. It's hard to believe that we're already that far along, but uh, next couple of days we wrap up. So stay strong as we wrap up our last little uh, time together and trust that God is at work in your life. Whether you've seen anything miraculous yet, it's not about what you see. It's about setting yourself in the right position so that you can, God can work this year in your life and in the days to come. So let's finish strong together. I want to talk today about seeing the kingdom of God. Sometimes we hear that phrase, and I'll talk more about it in a moment. We don't quite understand what it means, but to understand what I'm talking about today, let me back up and give you a little understanding of why vision is so important. In your life, your vision determines your direction. What you look at generally determines the direction you go with life. And while we value and appreciate our natural vision, it's a great thing to be able to obviously see with the eyes that God has given us, but Spiritual vision is much greater than that. It's been said that eyesight is one thing, but insight is something that's even better than eyesight. The ability to see into what God is doing in your life and what God wants to do in your life, and it's so valuable as we start out a brand new year together that we have insight, that we're able to see those things that God would want us to see, because if you see the right things, it will help propel you in the right direction. There's an Old Testament story of the prophet Isaiah where he had an encounter with God where his eyes were opened. He saw something that he'd not seen before. His vision was changed and the direction of his life was changed because his vision was improved, his spiritual vision. The passage is found in Isaiah chapter 6. I'll begin in verse number 1. I'll read down through verse number 8. Let's listen again to the story of Isaiah's encounter with God and Isaiah being called by God into prophetic ministry. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. That's vision. High and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, or woe is me, one translation says, I cried, I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen, vision, right? My eyes have seen the king. Notice who he's seeing. I saw the Lord, and now he says, I saw the king. I saw the Lord, I saw the king. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. This passage describes for us this incredible encounter that Isaiah has with God, this vision that he experiences with God. And he says, I saw the Lord and I saw the King." He has this moment where he encounters God in a life-changing way. His vision was shifted. He qualifies this moment in his life or describes this moment in his life historically by saying it was in the year that King Uzziah died. In that year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. We might say it this way. In the year that I was looking very intently at an earthly king in an earthly kingdom, I had an encounter with God and my eyes shifted from an earthly kingdom to a heavenly kingdom. 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I saw the king. I shifted from earth to heaven. And I was introduced to a new culture. I was introduced to a different environment. I was introduced to the heavenly realm. And Isaiah, as we see, was called by God in that moment to then uh, obey him in terms of becoming a, a prophet of God. And God changed his life radically in that moment, his encounter. But it was all about seeing the king and seeing the kingdom. Not just seeing the king, but also seeing a new kingdom. As we're thinking about our year ahead and this idea of 2020 vision, as I said a moment ago, I want to talk to you about the importance of seeing not just the king, but also seeing the kingdom. And by the way, when I use the word king there, I'm using it with a capital K. The king of kings, the lord of lords, and the kingdom I'm referring to is with a capital K, and that's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Those two words in the Bible are synonymous. When you read kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, it's the very same thing, referring to the rule of God in our lives. I'm going to share with you today four things that I think will be extremely important to understand if we're going to lift our vision and understand more about God's kingdom. And by the way, let me say one more thing before I go into my four points. I will be using two terms synonymously today. I'll use the term kingdom and culture as synonymous terms because when we speak of the kingdom of God as the rule of God, we're also talking about the culture of God. That is, what, is it, what does it mean like to be in his culture under his rule? So you may find me using those two terms back and forth simultaneously, but I think it'll help you to understand as I set that stage for you going into point number one. Point number one is this, the culture you choose determines the decisions you make. The culture or the kingdom that you choose, notice it's a choice, will determine the decisions that you make. I think most of us like to think of ourselves as not being influenced too much by outside things. We want to be our own person. But in reality, we're actually more influenced by other things around us than we realize. In fact, if you go back to an old photo album or look back over your photos over the years, you'll notice that you look quite different in years past, not just in terms of your aging and so forth, but the clothes you wore. When you go back and look at pictures, have you noticed that sometimes you wonder, how in the world did I ever wear that? And the reason you wore it is because everybody was wearing that. It was not as though you were making your own personal statement, but the culture around you, uh, they were wearing, anybody remember the old days of bell bottoms? Anybody remember the bell bottoms? Okay. All kind of things come and go and you don't realize it, but nor do I, but we're being influenced by the culture just in the realm of our dress. And we, we want to look like everybody else. Nobody wants to look weird. Nobody wants to look out of style. Everybody has a desire to sort of be like other people around us. And so by all of us at some level, whether we realize it or not, we're being influenced by the culture. And the culture that you allow to influence you the most will actually cause you to, de to determine your perceptions of life and your beliefs about life and your value system. So what you choose in terms of the culture that influences you will always determine how you view wor the world, the kind of beliefs that you carry in your life and the values that you hold. And then those values, those beliefs, and those perceptions will determine your decisions and actions and attitudes. It's extremely important to know that we're influenced by cultures I want you to think about a culture very much like a flowing river because when we're living in the world, we don't realize it, but we're actually in a river. 
And there's a river of a culture. And some rivers, have you seen them before? They're white water, and yeah, they're very violent. You can see where the current is going. But there are other rivers that are very slow currents, but they're very strong currents underneath, and they're still pushing you somewhere. And in the world, there is a current that, if we're not careful, will push us in the wrong direction. There's a current of the world that is pushing us in a way that we begin to gain the perceptions of the world around us and the beliefs of the world around us and the values of the world around us and we don't recognize that it's actually pushing us downstream toward destruction. We need to be aware of that. It's extremely important who you allow to influence your life, who you walk with in life. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, if you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked and you'll eventually become just like them. The kingdom and the culture that you and I choose determines the choices that we make in our life. Number two, the second thing I want you to note today is that in life, as we live our life, there are two cultural choices. I think all of us would understand that there are literally thousands of of, of, uh, of kingdoms, if you will, or cultures around the world. They're all kind of people from various cultures. In fact, our, our, our church here alone, we have 92 different nations that are represented in our church. And in those nations, those 92 nations, there are lots of different cultures, even within nat- nations, right? And so we all come from different places. We come from different heritages. We come from different backgrounds. And we tend to think and place our identity in our natural culture, that I am such and such. I come from this culture. I come from this background. And it's accurate. It's true. There are lots of different cultures in the world. But when it comes to God, listen closely, when it comes to God, there are only two cultures. When it comes to God, there are only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Right now, there are people living in China that are living in the kingdom of darkness, and there are people living in America that are living in the kingdom of darkness. Amen? There are people today in India who are living in the kingdom of light because they know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life, and there are people in South America that are living in the kingdom of light. There are all kind of different cultures and different expressions of cultures, but when it comes to God, God doesn't necessarily look at the world just from that perspective. He looks at it from the perspective of two basic kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, and the question he asks us, which kingdom are you living in? Are you living in darkness? Are you living in light? Look at these verses. Matthew 4, verses 13 through 17, describing the ministry of Jesus. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, uh, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned from that time on. Notice this. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come. He identifies his kingdom with light. He said, when the Son of Man, when Jesus came, he said, I came as light and the kingdom of God is represented by the kingdom of light. Peter speaks of this in 1 Peter 2, verse 9. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. For you were once darkness, but now you are light 
in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. See, it's not the national kingdom that you're from or the natural kingdom that you're from that really determines the way you live your life or where you're going to spend eternity. It's the spiritual kingdom and the spiritual culture that really matters. My question to you today is this, which kingdom are you living in? Are you living in the kingdom of darkness? Are you living in the culture of darkness? Are you living in the culture of life? No other choice in life matters. You can identify with your natural culture, good thing, awesome, it's great to know where you're from and appreciate the values of your culture, but beyond all of that, your relationship with God, being in relationship with God, should inform every other cultural aspect of your life. It's the kingdom of God that's most important, and in life there are only two choices, kingdom of darkness or kingdom of light, culture of darkness, culture of light. Number three. To transfer from darkness to light, which by the way is something all of us should desire, you need to experience, circle that word on your notes if you will, experience, not just know about, but experience, you need to experience a new birth and a renewed mind. I'll give you a moment to write that down. It's foolish to live in darkness. I have damaged myself significantly in the middle of the night in the midst of darkness. I've almost lost several toes in that process. Any of you know what I'm talking about? Getting up, going to the bathroom, whatever it might be, and you hit that, that post, or you hit the side of the corner of a wall somewhere, and you say, how did I do that? Well, you're, you were walking in the dark. It's dangerous to walk in the dark, okay? God didn't design you. He didn't give you infrared eyes, okay? We see best in the light. We walk best in the light. And so that's why we need light in our life. And the same is true spiritually. It is foolish if you're in the kingdom of darkness to continue in that kingdom, okay? Because it's going to lead you to a lot of hurt. It's going to lead you to a lot of pain. It's going to lead you to a lot of bad stuff in your life. And so what we want to do is to make sure that we have transferred and are transferring from darkness to light. And according to the Bible, there are two things that are essential if you're going to come out of darkness and come into the light. Two things that I think all of us want in life if we're going to enter into light. We have to, number one, experience something called being born again. As an experience, it's not just something we talk about, not a concept. It is a true experience that happens to people. People are born again. And then once we're born again, we have to allow God to renew our minds so that we stop thinking like darkness and we start thinking like light. Are you with me today? So it's not just enough to be born again. You can be born again and still be living in darkness. You can have a relationship with God, but your mind has not yet been changed or renewed. And so there are two of these things are essential. Being born again, there's an experience that happens in your life at a particular point. You You can likely write down the date and the moment that it happened. I know that was the time that I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ. He came into my life. I was born again. But renewing the mind is a process. You can't put it on a day and time. It's an ongoing journey that you have that all of us continue to need to be engaged in. And so you and I need to experience, again, how many kingdoms are there from God's perspective? How many? Only two, okay? Whatever background you and I come from, that's awesome, that's great. But when we stand before God, he's not gonna ask me, oh, by the way, were you an American? No. That matters nothing to God, right? 
It's where I live. We live here. It's an awesome, a wonderful thing. Thank God for our country. You may come from a different country. He's not going to ask you what country you come from. He's going to ask you, do you know Jesus? Is your name in the book of life? Have you, have you experienced this thing called being born again? Because that's what gets you into the book of life. And by the way, also now have you allowed me to over a period of time begin to take the darkness out of you so that you're renewed. You begin to think about the world differently because your mind is renewed. We call that having a Christian or a biblical worldview. Okay. That we view the world biblically instead of viewing the world through our background or through our culture. We have to view the world from God's perspective because we're living now in the Light. Okay, we want to live in the light. So let's talk about this born again thing for a moment. Let me take you to the John, John chapter 3. Let's see a story of a man who experiences this thing called being born again. At least he under, begins to understand what it's about. John chapter 3, verse 1, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. So this man was a, a, a very religious man. He, he lived a good life, and he comes to Jesus. The next verse says, after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us your miraculous signs or evidence that God is with you. So here's this religious leader who knows a lot about God's word. He knows a lot about the law. He knows a lot about religious rules and regulations. And he decides that Jesus has something to offer, but he's not quite sure what it is. He says, Jesus, I know that you must be a teacher sent from God. You wouldn't be able to do all these miraculous things that you do if you were not some kind of teacher. And so he comes to him at night. Why did he come at night? Somebody said he is the original Nick at night. Okay. And he comes to Jesus by night because more than likely he did not want his fellow religious leaders to see him in the presence of Jesus, but there was something stirring inside of him. Dear ones, there was a time that Jesus stirred you and drew to him, drew you to him. And here's the Holy Spirit drawing Nicodemus to Jesus. So he comes at night and notice what he says to him now. What happens? Jesus replies after he said, I believe you're a teacher from God, that your miraculous signs prove this. Now notice Jesus replied, verse three, I tell you the truth. Unless you are, unless you are what? Born again. You cannot, what's the next word there? See, see what? You can't see the kingdom, right? Nicodemus, you're spending all your life as a religious man following all these rules and regulations. And you think that your rules and your rituals and your regulations and all this stuff that you're doing is going to get you right with God. But you can't, you think that's the kingdom, but you can't see the kingdom until you're your eyes are blind. You're living in the dark. Okay. You don't even realize it, but you're living in the dark. You can't see. Your eyes are blind. And you'll only have an opportunity to see the kingdom when you're born again. Now, notice this was very perplexing to Nicodemus. He says, verse number four, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. Humans can re reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Jesus said, no, Nicodemus, it's not a natural birth I'm talking about. It's not a natural birth that, it, that exists in the realm of the world. It is a spiritual birth by the Holy Spirit bringing you into the kingdom of God and allowing you to experience your sins being forgiven and true personal relationship with God. You're changed on the inside. Let me talk about that for a moment. You can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Listen, you cannot see the kingdom of God 
unless you are born again. You cannot, you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. So if you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again, if you're not born again, all you're seeing and all you're living in and being influenced by is the kingdom of darkness, right? So what does it mean to be born again? To be born again means that we've come to that place of realizing that we are, we are sinners before God and we have no way to earn our forgiveness. We can't be good enough. We can't be perfect enough to please God because God is perfect holiness and perfect righteousness. There's nothing of sin or evil in him at all. And so we can't match up to God. And so we are hopelessly lost ourselves. That if we want, if we want salvation, if we want a relationship with God, we don't have any way to get there because we can't clean ourselves up. You can't be good enough for God to, to earn God's forgiveness. You can't be good enough to earn salvation salvation with God. It's impossible by your works or my works to earn favor with God. And so God sent his son into our world where Jesus took on your sin and my sin on the cross of Calvary. And he paid the price that we could not pay because we, we didn't have the capacity to even pay that price. Jesus took on the sins. He died for the sins of the world. And he says, now I offer myself as a bridge to God that if you'll put your faith in me, if you'll confess me as Lord of your life, then I will cause you to be born again. That is, I'll bring my spirit into you. Your name will be written in the book of life. You'll now become a part of my family, and I will see you. God says, I will see you through Jesus. See you through Jesus. So there's a moment in time when the Holy Spirit stirring your heart. You realize, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And Jesus, I acknowledge you. you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose from the grave. And now I'm inviting you into my life. And I'm asking you to take charge of my life. And when you do that, the Bible refers to that as being born again. Because the Holy Spirit comes to awaken your spirit in relationship with God. And now you can have a personal relationship with God and God begins to change you from the inside out, not from the outside in. That's religion. From the outside in, I've got to do this rule. I've got to follow this ritual. I've got to obey this, this, this formula. That's not what gets you to God. What gets you to God is to have a personal relationship with Jesus where he's now working from the inside out. Can I ask you this morning, honestly in your life, have you been born again. Is there a time in your life that you said, Jesus, I want you to be, see, we can, we can make all the great resolutions for 2020 and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and all these great things we want to do, but you know what? We might be able to accomplish some of those things that we want to do, but you'll know, the most important thing that needs to happen in your life for your life to be in the direction that God has planned for you is you have to start with experiencing something called being born again. It's something every person needs to experience for themselves. Amen? Yeah. And you can do that today. Now, that being said, there's also this next thing that I talked about. It's also once you're born again, there's something else that needs to happen. You need to have your mind renewed. Because even after you're born again, you still carry a lot of bad thoughts inside, right? Let me ask you a question. For those of you who are born again today, once you've accepted Christ, did you ever have a temptation again after that, right? 
Did your mind ever give you problems? Did you ever have stuff going on in your head that was unhealthy? Right. Of course, we all do. That's, that's because we're, we've come into the kingdom of God, but we're little babies. We're, we're students. We haven't learned what we need to learn, so there's a, a lot of information, a lot of truth of the kingdom that still needs to be imparted to us so that we can live the life that Jesus wants us to live. And so we're being re-educated by Jesus. So Jesus is in us, but now he's reforming us. He's re-educating us, and that is a process that you stay engaged in. You're in entire spiritual journey, our minds being renewed. Look at these verses with me, Ephesians 2, 2 and 3. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, talking about before they met Christ, the, the spirit who is now at work and all those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature deserving of wrath. First John 2, 15 and 16. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If, you love, if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life come not from the Father, but from the world. So it's talking about the darkness that captures us, keeping us from God's light. The sinful world, the flesh, our own sinful self, dark spiritual nature. I want to put up a graphic to help you to understand this a bit. You'll see it on your, your notes. Let me see if I can walk you through this. I don't really I don't have a pointer here, so you just have to kind of follow me on your notes there. How many potential kingdoms are they from God's perspective? Two. Very important teaching this morning. When we're born into this world, we're born into, by nature, we're born into the kingdom of what? Because we're all sinners, right? We come into this world in the kingdom of darkness. By living in the kingdom of darkness, we just read the verses, we're influenced by the world around us because the world around us is not going for God. The world around us is going away from God. You got that? Do you understand that? The world that we live in is not seeking God. The world that we're living in is going from God. And the further from God it goes, the greater the mess it is. So the world is going away from God. We, by nature, ourself, our flesh, we tend to go away from God as well. We want to do what pleases us. And then there's the devil who is very real, tempting us and trying to pull us away from God also. So that's what the kingdom of God is involved in. A kingdom of darkness is all about the world, the flesh, and the devil. And that affects, because we're living in the world, we're influenced by our flesh, we're influenced by the devil. It affects our perceptions, our beliefs, and our values. It shapes those in your life. And then that, your perceptions, your beliefs, and your values then produce your, read them with me on the far right, your decisions, your actions, and your attitudes, okay? So whatever decisions you're making and actions you're taking and attitudes you have trace back to, in that first realm up there, trace back to your influence of the world, yourself, and the devil, right? That's where it all starts. That's why you can't just fix yourself over there unless you're delivered from over here. I need to say that again because that would have gotten a good amen. I'm promising you. Okay. You can't deliver yourself from all these things on the right-hand side, bad decisions, bad actions, bad attitudes, until you get delivered from the thing on the left-hand side, the world, the flesh, and the devil. See, you're trying to fix this over here on the right side, but the way you fix the right side is dealing with the left side. Got it? Okay. Well, if I could just do this and be better, I'm going to make a decision this year. I'm not going to lose my temper. Good luck. Okay. Until that stuff, until you deal with the influence of the world, the influence of your flesh and the influence of the devil, you're not going to deal with anything in your life. 
Because the root of anything in your life that's messed up goes back to the source of it all, the world, the flesh, and the devil. So if you're going to be delivered from the right-hand bad stuff, you've got to be delivered from the source of that bad stuff on the left-hand side. That's why Jesus said to see the kingdom, you've got to be born again. Now, there's this nat- this is the above section is called the natural mind. So anytime you read that phrase in the Bible, the natural mind, the unspiritual mind, that's what it's talking about, okay? It's exactly what it's talking about there, okay? Now, see the, 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 the red line with the arrows pointing down? That's the direction we need to go in. And the direction we need to go in is, I could have written across that, uh, that red line there with the arrows, I could have written across it, born again and renewing your mind, okay? So how you shift from the natural mind to the spiritual mind or the kingdom of light is by being born again and by renewing your mind. Then you come into the kingdom of light, which is the kingdom of God, where now your heart is right with God. God is living in you. God has possessed you by his spirit. He's now inside of you. And now you want to do right. And there's a nature and power inside of you to do right because God is living in you. By his spirit, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you want to do better, you actually can do better because the power is in you to do better. There's the root issue of your life has changed. You've been, de- been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, which now over time, as you grow in your relationship with God, it begins to change your perceptions. How many of you think about the world a whole lot differently now than you used to before you met Jesus, right? Okay. It changed your perceptions of things. It changed your beliefs. What you believe about what is right and what is wrong, it changes your value system. And then out of that, it changes your decisions, your actions, your attitudes. So I just want you to see that it's all about, if you want to fix the right-hand side, you've got to deal with the left-hand side. Very important to understand. Notice what Paul says in Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform. Now he's talking to Christians. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Listen to Romans, excuse me, John 8, 31 and 32, Passion Translation. Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, one translation says, when you continue, if you continue in my word, you prove that you are my true followers, or you prove that you're my true disciples. For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. One translation says, you will know the truth when you embrace my, my word and continue in my word. You will know the truth. And what does it say now after that? The truth will set you free. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, 21 through 24. Since you've heard about Jesus, have learned and have learned that as you're in the process of learning the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. See, it's all about the transferring from, the, from kingdom of darkness to kingdom of light, okay? It's not by you trying to make yourself better. It's about you being transferred to the right kingdom so the power is there to do better, putting on that new nature that you have in Jesus. Let me bring you to my last point here today. Is everybody still with me so far? If you missed any of that, just stay over for the 11 o'clock service. You'll get it again, okay? When you see God's kingdom, you change Let me stop there for a moment. People say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian still living like the world. 
I'm not saying you'll be perfect when you, meet, when you become a Christian. No, absolutely not. Not a single one of us are perfect. But if you just continue down the same old paths you've continued down before, you need to recheck your salvation. You need to say, did I really give my life to Jesus? I'm not, call, I'm not suggesting that you should doubt your salvation. If you've been saved, you've been saved. If you know your name's in the book of life, awesome, that's great. We're all imperfect, we're all growing. But if you have no concern about how you're living your life, then there's a, there's a problem here, okay? It's because it, when you see God's kingdom, something, stuff begins to change in your life. You begin living in the light. You begin living in the light. Now, you once were living in the darkness. You meet Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. If you continue to live like this, then there's a problem somewhere, okay? But when you meet Jesus, things begin to change. Not, not, not everything's going to change overnight. Some people have radical salvations, and man, they go from one thing one day to something else the next day in terms of loving God, serving, all kind of bondages drop off their life. It's amazing some of the miraculous salvation stories that you see. Saul of Tarsus was one of those, right? I mean, overnight, he was a different guy. But for most of us, it's not quite as radical as that. We, we meet Jesus, and things begin to change a bit, but they also change over time. But we know that we're moving in the right direction. We're going away from the world, away from darkness into light. We see it changing in us. And so we begin to live in the light. And God needs people living in the light. First of all, for you, you need to be in the light. Why? Because you make fewer mistakes when you're living in the light. You see things coming that you wouldn't see coming when you're living in the light. You make better decisions when you're living in the light. That life gets better whenever you understand the right perceptions of God and the world and things around you. You believe the right things. That truth is inside of you. And you begin to set your value system consistent with God's value system. Life goes better with God. So you need to be living in the light because that's where life goes better for you, but it's also how God can begin to use you in a dark world. Dear ones, this world is living in darkness. The D.C. area is living in darkness. The D.C. area needs some light, amen? And how is this D.C. area and the world around us going to get the light? God's light is meant to shine through us, okay? So if we're living in the darkness, all we can emanate is darkness. But when we begin to live in the light, then we're different. We begin to be different from the world around us. The world's going this way, and then we're going this way. Okay. So when the world is going this way and we're going this way, we stand out, right? People notice it, okay? Why? Do you not go where I go and party like I party and do the things like I do? Well, the reason that I'm living differently is I'm going toward the light. Okay. The light's drawing me forward. The light is drawing me in a different direction than you're being drawn. And so, see, the world is being swept by a current. They don't even realize it down toward destruction. The Bible says the pathway of destruction is wide, and many people are on it, but the, but the right pathway is narrow. The pathway of righteousness is a narrow pathway, and few there are that find it. And so, we've got to be going in the right direction. And I promise you, if you're going in the right direction toward the light, you'll stand out. You'll stand out in a good way, but you also stand out in a way that not everybody's going to like it. Some folks are going to say, why are, you so, and why are you so different? Are you trying to be holier than everybody else? No, I'm just trying to go after the light. 
I don't want to be in the dark anymore, okay? You can you know, do what you want, but I, I'm in the, the light. And so that's why Jesus said that when you're in the world, you're going to suffer persecution. Just get over it, okay? It's going to happen, okay? People are not going to like you at times. People might make fun of you at times. People might ridicule you along the journey, but you're going toward the light, okay? It's a difference, a choice that you make. And then through that, we make a difference in the world around us. Jesus made it very clear, and I need to conclude here right now with this, wrap up just in a moment here. But Jesus made it very clear what people who are living in the kingdom look like. They're not perfect, but they're pursuing light. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, 16. A lot of verses, but listen as Jesus explained his kingdom to us. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. This is called the Sermon on the Mount. These words I'm about to read are called the Beatitudes. And he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now notice that the poor in spirit is quite opposite of the world. World's filled with pride. People pursuing the light pursue humility. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The world never thinks about their sin, never repents of their sin, but believers are, are able to mourn over the fact that they displease God. That's what it means there. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The world does not value meekness, but God does. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. See, the world doesn't go around thinking about how can I become more righteous. They're thinking about how I can be happier and have my life my way. But those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they'll be filled. That's the kingdom. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The world is hard. The world is unforgiving. Have you noticed that? The world is filled with bitterness and anger toward people. You hurt somebody in the world, their, mon their, their mantra is, I'm going to get you back. You hurt me, I'm going to get you back. But Jesus said, no, no, it's not my kingdom. In my kingdom, blessed are the merciful. Those people that know how to show mercy, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I will tell you, the world is not filled with peacemakers. The world is filled with troublemakers, right? A lot of troublemakers in our world, but God said, no, 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 time out. My kingdom's different. When you're pursuing the light, you're not pursuing troublemaking. You're pursuing peacemaking. They'll be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The kind of vision that we need as we need the vision that allows us to see his kingdom, his kingdom. What does this kingdom look like? Isaiah said, I, in the year that King Uzziah died, I, I saw the Lord high and exalted in the train of his robe filling the temple. Later on, he says, I saw the king. I saw the king. And when he saw the king, he saw the kingdom. I want to bring you back to two questions this morning. And it's about you. It's not about anybody else. Get, get out of your mind right now. Anybody else, it's you. Have you been 
born again. You can't see the kingdom unless you're born again. Has there been a time in your life when you know that I, that was my moment that I turned my life over to Christ? I was born again. I can write down the date. I know where it happened. It was the moment that I turned my life over to Jesus. I was born again. And being born again, are you making the commitment to let God begin to renew your mind so that you think kingdom thoughts, light thoughts instead of dark thoughts? Amen? Are you hearing me? That's renewing the mind. Because when God renews your mind, he brings in thoughts of light rather than thoughts of darkness. He begins to change your perceptions and change your beliefs and change your values so that you begin to live differently and you become light to the world around you. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray today? Father, thank you for your word this morning and we're grateful for reminding us of the importance of living in the light, the light of your kingdom. And Father, I pray for each one of us today as we search our hearts before you, as we forget about anyone, everybody else around us. Lord, for those today that have never experienced being born again, I pray that today would be their day to have that moment with you. They'll look on this day, January 2020, and say that was the day that Jesus Christ entered into my life. And Lord, for all of us, I pray that you'd help us to continue to come out of darkness into light. Thank you for being merciful and kind to us, God, and forgiving and patient. But Lord, we pray that this year would be a year that we would let you renew our minds more than ever before, that we would move out of all darkness progressively away from the dark and move into the light of your kingdom, seeing your kingdom like we've never seen it before. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. 
If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.